1: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From The Standard in
2: London, I'm the Deputy Culture Editor, Nick Clark. This Saturday, we're bringing you a very special interview with West End and Broadway legends Leah Salonga and Bernadette Peters, who are currently starring in Stephen Sondheim's Old Friends. This extract is taken from our theatre podcast, which you can find a link to in this episode's notes. I'm here at the Gilgood Theatre with two legends of the Broadway stage who are here starring in Stephen Sondheim's Old Friends. Welcome to the podcast, Bernadette Peters and Leah Salonga. Thank you. Hi-ya. My first question is to you, Bernadette. This is your West End debut and, well, really, I want to know what took so long?
3: Oh, well... <laughs> That's something we would all like to know. <laughs> You know, you'd think I would have been asked, but I really wasn't, except for twice. And the first one was I didn't like the material. And the second one was I didn't want to leave home at that time, you know. Oh. Uh, this is the third time, actually, so this is the third time. And I thought, well, with Stevens' music and Steve's words, and I love singing his his stuff, and so... And I want to be supportive, and we all love him so much. So
2: mm.
3: here I am with Leah.
2: And Leah, you're a bit more of a West End veteran. Kind of, sorta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, In several <laughs> well iconic shows, obviously Miss Saigon and Les Mis. Yeah. But that was in last in 1996. So w- what's it like being back?
0: It's wonderful being back. I mean, I've been back for short concert, okay, gala type things, but to actually be in the West End doing a longer run. Oh my gosh, what an experience this has been thus far. I mean, I get to work with this fantastic lady and it's a cast filled to the brim with West End stars and it's just been such a gift.
2: As you say, And it's an amazing company, amazing mix of talent from both sides of the Atlantic, really. Yeah. And how, how easy was it to all come together and sort of create the chemistry for the show?
0: The thing is, I mean, when, when Cameron first pitched the idea... There was this thing of, oh, my God, it's Sondheim. This is going to be overwhelming. This is going to be difficult. And once the rehearsal process started, it wasn't at all. And everything just kind of happened really naturally. And it, it's, it was not a long rehearsal period, maybe three weeks in the studio before we started tech. It was really quick. But everything just kind of got absorbed in a way it was almost via osmosis for the rehearsal process i
3: think that i think this everyone did their work one of the reasons that i did come what also made me want to come is when when i did the gala was it last year or 2 yeah, years 20, ago yeah the cast was so supportive. I was in a room with Dame Judi Dench and Petula Clark, and Julie Ma- McKenzie. McKenzie was right next to me. Who and but, show but like I that. realized how supportive the actors. Mm over here are and how lovely that is. And that's what I expected and that's what we got. And
2: can I ask how you got involved? Obviously there was this gala, it was sort of six months after Stephen died and there was this huge outpouring of love for him and his genius and his music. But then when the idea sort of surfaced to, oh, we could actually run it for longer than that because there's so many fans who missed out on that one night. Um, how did that come about? Well,
3: this was all Cameron's yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that night, he's going around, or in rehearsal, he's going around to each of us going, you know, oh, this is to be a great show. We're going to make this a show. And then he said to me, you know, Michael Ball's going to do it. Then I'll go to Michael Ball. He said, I didn't tell him I was going to do it. I mean, he was just making it happen right in front of our eyes, and you know. And yeah. And so he like knew what a great do, right? what a great yeah. show it would be. And he had it figured out yeah. in his head. And he was right. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And was that the same with you, Leah, as well? You just, you know, he because you've known Cameron since, you must have been 17, right? Yeah, the, I met
0: him or when or I was 17, and that was in 1988, so 35 years, which is the longest relationship I think I've ever had with a man. <laughs> um, so, and, yeah, it's, it's really nice to joke about now. In my case, though, the gala had already happened, and I didn't even know that it had happened. I was living in New York, just raising a kid, and then there was one day last November... Cameron called me into his office, and when Cameron calls you into his office, it's an, uh oh. What is he thinking? <laughs> so he showed me bits and pieces of the gala. Um, he showed me Sweeney Todd. He showed the opening, and after an hour of doing that, he then t- an hour, an hour of videos a on a la- on his on his assistant's laptop. He then turned to me and asked. What can I do for your life that will enable you to come to London and do this? That was the question. It wasn't a question of um, any of the logistics, you know, when, when or what. It's what can I do for your life? That was the exact right question to ask because all the other stuff can be figured out.
2: Right, let's go to the ads. We'll be back with Leah and Bernadette in just a minute. If you want to hear more interviews like this, make sure to head over to the Standard Theatre Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
2: Had you um, done a lot of other Sondheim? Had you, had, had you met him? Did you know Stephen?
0: I can't say that I know Stephen. The other show that I had done was Into the Woods. I played the witch. And so I watched this I one.
3: Yes, I did.
0: In Singapore. And then the other Sondheim thing was that little bit of Hey, Mr. Producer, which this one was also in. Um,
3: and then we and, yeah. his
0: birthday. And then we did the the 90th birthday. Virtually. And Mm. I got to sing Loving You. So he heard me sing that song and sent me an email. So that was as far as our communication went. I may have met him very briefly in a hi, hello, nice to meet you situation, but never a conversation, never any sort of significant exchange Mm. until that email came. So it seemed appropriate that the song he got to hear me sing is the song I get to sing every night here in this show absolutely,
3: and I had discussed with him after that 90th I we discussed it and I said you know who was wonderful I thought it was Leia Salonga he said yes so did I <laughs> I thought she was just really wonderful and so amazing
2: yeah and, and of course you've had a long long relationship with yes. Stephen and his work
3: you know I just I just was so drawn to his music I connected to it when I was here as a young girl and I saw Side by Side by Sondheim that Cameron had produced and Julia McKenzie was in it and the next day I couldn't get the songs out of my head it was going around and around and I went up with you know this one and that one they were so great and back then he hadn't been known for writing tunes and melodies and he everyone had to catch up to him, actually, the shows. And um, when I started doing my concerts, I just kept going to his music. I just kept going to that well. And even now in my concerts, I, I sing mostly his music. I don't like to just get up and sing a song. It has to be tell a story and be about something. And that's what he writes about. He writes about the human condition. Mm. And uh, because I worked with him on two shows and then I did some other ones, encores and things with him and concerts, you know, I just w- would get to call him and mm. talk to him, ask his, his advice about things and and uh, so he was a friend, that it's a loss, it's a loss mm. in so many ways for mm. everyone
2: Yeah,
3: but he left his music so and, and uh, now people are discovering it.
2: Absolutely and, and just sort of working together, what was he like as a person? He comes across as quite a gentle soul, I don't know, was that in, in the rehearsal room, was it very different to that? I mean, no, no,
3: he was very, very compassionate, mm-hmm. I remember I remember, one day um, I was singing. A song, and I kind of got stuck. And he came back, and he said he was a, he was there many a lot. He said, "Oh, please, please, I can't do what you do. I can't get up in front of people and perform." He was so so kind, <laughs> so very kind.
2: I've wondered when you're performing because there's so many different shows, different songs from different shows. Are there ones that you really look forward to? Each of you are there numbers that you particularly each night. I think this is what I really look forward to now.
3: But mm. well, you must love doing Mrs. Lovett. No, yeah. yeah, I I yeah. I mm-hmm. both look forward to it yeah.
0: and I'm terrified by it <laughs> um, I think the terrifying thing is putting on a cockney accent in front of British
2: people <laughs> oh, God. oh
0: the cheekiness of Cameron to cast me in that and and I'm, I'm still questioning my life decisions well, when that it's, happens you're
2: almost unrecognizable in it I didn't realize until afterwards that I was oh, really? using that yeah 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 oh cool it's, with your costume and the wig and everything and it was great um, but yeah Bernadette is there oh I,
3: I think gimmick is fun I like the beginning of Broadway baby <laughs>
0: oh so hilarious we're all
3: like chuckling in the back, and there's a lot of freedom in those moments, so mm. it's fun.
2: I wondered, being such uh, veterans of Broadway, how the West End and Broadway audiences compare. Can you compare them? Well,
3: you can because you hear. You, right.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well,
2: now Benedict.
0: No, you've years. concertized here. I yeah, mean, you the audience.
2: You know? <laughs>
0: yeah, the audiences have been incredibly generous. And they really listen to the words. You know, it's not just about bombastic performances, which is what I do appreciate. It's not about vocal calisthenics doing this material, even though there are some, there is some of that. But it's really about the power in the words, the complex, not even complexity. It's not, no, it's it's in getting the words out to the audience and letting them feel whatever way they will feel about them. That is it. And... You know, someone in rehearsal said the British audience is an audience that will listen to the words. Mm. So make sure that those words are clear and that they're right, which is something that I think might have been either Cameron or Matthew that said that, that this audience is going to really listen.
2: And that's today's Standard. The Standard returns on Monday afternoon at 4pm. For all the latest news, head to standard.co.uk. To find the Standard Theatre Podcast, there's a link in the show notes.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.